Welcome to the 204th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are also recording on November 1st. Frequent listeners may have their eyebrows raising at this particular moment. But my name actually is still Brad Galloway. I am still the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am still 50% of this here show. With me is the guy whose hair is always on point, Carlos Rodella. I'm not sure if that's true. I think it's pretty true. Okay, I'm. It's funny you should say that because today I was looking at it, going like, "What is his hair doing? Really? What? What am I trying to pull off anymore? I don't know." Well, it's on point. There you go. Okay, okay, it's on point, folks. You may be wondering why the date of this recording is the same as the date of the recording of our last episode, number two hundred three, with Nathan Fouts. That is because we originally had planned to do a short segment with Nathan and we were just having such a great chat and such a good time that it uh, ended up being a really organic episode and we decided to let that stand on its own. So, uh, although this is the episode released a week after that, we are literally recording this five seconds after getting off the phone with Nathan. So, uh, tonight's is going to be a shorter show than usual because we've already done an hour under our belts and I think we're both getting a little bit tired, but we have our enduring commitment to you, our listening audience. We did not want to disappoint you, let you down. So we are going to deliver our usual brand of game chat as well. Just a little bit less tonight. Carlos, uh, how are you doing, sir? How's the energy level right now? It's it's. I'm sticking in there. I'm sticking in there. I could use some coffee. Instead, I have water, so that's not as good. That is a very poor substitute. It is a very poor substitute. But um, I will say this. It was a great conversation. So that episode already came out at the time of this recording. You've probably already heard that episode, right? So we could go by now. Yeah, time traveling. Um, so that was really fun talking with him. And everybody go check out his games. And also just a, a fun trip down memory lane for in, uh, indie games. But I'm ready to talk about more games. And I will say this. I, you said it in the beginning of the show. You know, we're here to, to review games and talk about games for our listeners, which we love. But we're also here to do it for ourselves. Because I feel like we both have like a burning need to talk about all the games we play. And right now, I was like, we could just like call it a night. But then you and I both were like, well, we could probably talk about games. We are like the sharks of the video game world where we have to keep swimming forward, keep playing games, keep talking about it. And when you stop, you die. We yeah, know, that's have what to it keep is. Going. It's you like the bus. It's like, uh, what's the what's the movie with the bus? It's like Speed with Keanu it's like Reeves. Speed. Yeah, and yeah. It's absolutely. like Speed. You, 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 <laughs> you do less than 60 game reviews a week, your bus explodes. Yeah. I think for us, it is something like that. that like, if we don't review at least... Let's say five or six games a week, we will explode. I think I think that is a physical fact. Yeah. Uh, before we get to those actual things that are going to keep us from exploding, uh, just a couple notes uh, in the housekeeping department this week. I don't have anything, but Carlos, you've got a few things, don't you? Just a couple quick things. Uh, this one's for you. Did you know Darkest Dungeon Two, a 3D version, is is on the way? I saw it on Kickstarter and I backed the deluxe version. I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to it. I don't know how it's going to play. And I got to be honest with you. uh, The reason I love video games is because they automate so much of the busy work that you have to do when you do board games. I'm sure some of the people out there are screaming because they love board games and board games are really cool. But I find that it's just like a lot to manage. And I just I guess I'm just lazy because I want the computer to do it for me. So I don't know if I'm even going to really like playing it. But I do love Darkest Dungeon, and I saw that board game, and I got so excited, ponied up for the deluxe box. I'm going to get it. I don't know if I'll ever play it. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but I'm very excited to buy one more thing for Darkest Dungeon because I love that game. Yeah, it looks cool, and um, I mean, you know, the idea of 
uh, like complicated and RPG type uh, board games are very in right now. So I think it fits perfectly and it brings it to the third dimension. So 3D fully. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention really quickly is that you mentioned on the show that game uh, Horus for the Switch. Yeah, we talked about it uh, one or two episodes ago. Yeah, so I think right after that episode, I went and downloaded it and started playing it. And you're right. It takes a while to get into that game. Slow start. Because they really do a lot of story. But at the same time, the game is about a story. Like right. really is really about this robot's journey, but also all the people and the family uh, and the friends around him. So it's really heartfelt, and I got pretty far like into the mechanics where you can walk on walls and, mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the platformer was fun, but I was more interested in to see what the next story bit or cutscene was going to be. Um, anyways, great recommendation. I recommend it to everybody. I would say, just like you said, just give it some time because it's a lot of narrative to digest, uh, and you like really want to play for real, or like you want to like get into it and you can't quit right away but it's definitely worth it so people check it out it's an interesting one because it seems like they're setting you up to be a platformer but actually it's really a narrative game that's got some platforming and so they kind of throw you for a loop did you you didn't finish it by the way no 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 i got uh i don't know how far i got but i got what i felt was pretty far because i you know a lot happened in in horace's life you know right yeah i got i didn't finish it either i i really loved it and i keep uh, putting it on pause because we get, we're getting so many stuff uh, review wise uh, because it's fourth quarter, a million uh, people want their games reviewed. And it's, it's really tough to actually finish anything in the fourth quarter because like every time you start playing something, like by the time you check your email, like five more games have showed up. So oh, right, right. Uh, I, I, it's on my switch. I look at the icon. I feel bad because I haven't gotten back to it because I really like it a lot. I want to finish. It. I will finish it, but I haven't finished it either. So yeah, oh, wow. I think I will finish it too. Cause I do want to know what that story is. I, I got pretty, you know, into it. So yeah, same. The other piece of housekeeping, the last thing I want to say is I just got an Oculus Quest Two. Ooh, is that I, I? There's so many VR things that I'm not super up into it. Which one is that? So that's the uh, no wires, all in one unit system. So it's just pretty much no wires. Uh, you have the two controllers, and you don't need a PC attached to it. Or you, you no, do? no PC at okay. all. Okay. It's okay. just all within the system. And so, and it's, well, you know, part of Facebook. So there's a lot of, yeah, kind of integrations gross, there. I know. I know. Forget about that part. Um, the ease of use, the fact that it's very lightweight. Um, I love it. I love it. And I'm mentioning it on the beginning of the show because now I will definitely be reviewing more VR games for the show. Okay. Well, we yeah. can look forward to that. I will sit and listen attentively. And I will have no feedback to offer, but I'm happy yeah. to hear your reviews. Yeah, I know. You're like, I will never go in there. Well, you might go in there someday, right? I mean, it's not something I really have any, any interest in. And I've got so many regular console games to play. I I could realistically, like, honestly, I could ignore VR for the rest of my life and never run out of games to review. So Right, but that's not the point. The point is it's a different experience. Well, we'll get into that in another episode. We'll get episode. into it in another episode. <laughs> All right. Well, Oculus, what is it? Oculus Quest 2? Yep. All right, great. Oculus Quest 2. Look forward to Carlos's reviews of those games coming up soon. Nothing tonight? I mean, I could, but we're both, you know. All right, next, next so episode. About. Yeah. Next episode. Okay, we got plenty to talk about. Uh, all right, as we said at the top of the show, it's going to be a short one because we've already been recording for a while. Uh, Carlos, let's just get into it. Um, we cut our script in half, so I'm not sure which games you want to talk about tonight. Why don't you pick one you want to chat about and roll with it? 
Okay, I just mentioned uh, what we normally do or used to do, which is a weird, cheap, or free indie game. Yes, yes, yes. So this one is free. It is a game that literally I wanted to make. Like, I wanted to make this exact game. And it's sad that I didn't get to make it, but it's also very exciting that it's already made and someone else made it, and I'm going to back them on Patreon. So what is this game? The game is called, you might have heard of it, AI Dungeon. AI Dungeon, I have not heard of it. Okay, if you go to YouTube, you'll see many stories and many videos of people playing this now. Um, I'll probably add my own video at some point on a lot of things. If you want to get to the website, it's play.aidungeon.io. And what it is, is AI controls or creates a text adventure. And then in that text adventure, you can essentially do whatever you want when you input the instructions. So an example is uh, one of the main styles of game is fantasy. So it says create fantasy game. You create a fantasy game and the AI picks a bunch of templates, puts a bunch of words together, and they usually make mostly sense. Um, sometimes it'll break a little bit, but most time it's pretty good. And, you know, say like you're standing next to a castle and you're kind of near some woods and you see a dragon in the distance. And, and this that's is all text. It. This is all text. all text. Yeah. And you can do three different commands. You can do something, you can say something, or you can add to the story. The add to the story is a little tricky because essentially what this program is doing is it's having people play it, but also teach it. So you can actually help the creation of this program and the AI get better. Um, so some of the story stuff is for that. So you want to say you want to change the story direction that it's going in. But for the most part, you're going to be using do. So let's say you see the dragon in the distance. Um, I saw somebody on YouTube say, like, go pet the dragon. And so when they did that, the AI decided that the dragon was a small dragon <laughs> because in order to pet it, it would have to be a small dragon, right? So then it says, the AI said, the small dragon lands on your shoulder and you pet it. So that's the kind of th like like changes the game can take quickly because whatever you type, the AI tries to figure out what you're doing and then adjust accordingly. It's fascinating. It sometimes breaks, and I love it to death. Interesting, interesting. Who uh, are the developers? You have their name handy. Oh my goodness! What is this? A place where we do homework? And we don't do homework, but it's such a cool project. I want to give them a shout out, or maybe uh, direct people. Uh... To just, maybe they've done some other work possibly like i was kind of curious have they done other ai work perhaps and they're getting into games now or what's the story on this I'm going to the about page it's uh, again play.aidungeon.io um ai dungeon by latitude is a first of its kind ai generated text adventure so i guess the developer is latitude it might be one person hmm. um again totally envious because i want to maybe i can work with him on this but <laughs> um, and that's not a that's not a joke. No, I mean uh, I think that's amazing. You're like you like it so much, you want to join his team. That's fantastic. Oh my dude. goodness, yeah. So the, on the Patreon, which is AI Dungeon. So if you just go to Patreon.com/AI Dungeon, okay, um, it just shows one guy, and there's a couple different levels, and yeah, it just talks about the game itself. And I guess he's calling his uh, developer Latitude. But yeah, it's it's so fascinating. I I just recently they did a Halloween thing, so they said, hey, you want to do play a scary game on Halloween? And I was like, yeah. So I made a scary game and it was zombies and I had to save my sister because it was like, you, you, you have to find your sister. So I found my sister and then I just said like, we get in the car and we drive away. 
like you know, try to just get away from the zombies. And right. it let me, you know, it let me. It was like you, you get away and you get out of town. And I was like, cool. So then now what do we do? So I said, like, go make sure my parents are okay. And then so it drove us to my parents and we got out. And it's fascinating that's the things that it does remember. Because I try to make games like this and like say you get to your parents' house, normally my AI text whatever adventure thing would forget that I had a sister. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because like that's a variable. Right. Like you have to remember that you have your sister, or like you go to your parents, and when you do commands in the house of your parents' house, it might forget things, right? So it remembers enough stuff to make it like believable. So when I actually like said go up to my parents' house and knock on the door, it said your sister follows you, and you go and knock on your parents' door. So, anyways, long story short, we went inside and and told them about the zombie apocalypse, and my I convinced my dad not to go to work. Cause he was going to go to work in the morning. <laughs> I was like, you probably shouldn't go. Um, and then like, I asked him if he had any weapons and he said, no, he sold all his weapons for supplies and food. And then we just stayed at home and I, I, I ended up washing the dishes after dinner. Like as, as you do, as you do, like that's the game. Like it goes where you want it to go and it adjusts really well, like, like eerily well. Um, Interesting. That sounds absolutely fascinating. I don't, um, you know, I, I barely ever play PC games, but this sounds like something I would want to noodle around with just to see the weird turns it would take. Oh, yeah, and you could do it on your phone. I'm pretty sure it's on everything because it's just oh, a text really? adventure. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I think the game that I was working on, text adventure, was easily playable on your phone. It's just, you know, uh, inputting commands. So, anywho, I highly recommend it. I can't stop playing it. I want to make, like, a video every single week on it because, like, each story is a different fucking thing. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, and also it, it helps everybody who plays it because it helps the AI get better, and then it basically learns to not like say things that are like broken and stuff. Right, and eventually becomes our you know cybernetic overlord, wipes out yes. humanity, and yes. we regret ever doing it in the first place. Yeah, it helps Singularity arrive, and and then then you know weird Skynet. things happen. Skynet. Yeah. By the way, that's not going to happen. Ugh, <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole <laughs> podcast. I want to talk about that someday. All Don't right. worry about it. So that is AI Dungeon. Um, yep. You probably got a couple more things in plate. Well, what do you got? What do you got? You want me? You want to go? Let me take a turn. Do do a couple games, and then I'll do my big one. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll do a couple. A couple, not not dismissals exactly, but kind of strange experiences, I guess. The first one is called Red Lantern. Uh, this just came out for Switch. I believe it's on other platforms. It is a roguelike. Uh, because I play all the roguelikes. Surprise! But this is, surprise! <laughs> shocker! And a surprise twist, Brad played another roguelike. <laughs> Hold on your seats, folks. Um, but this is a different kind of one because you are actually driving a team of sled dogs across Alaska. That's what this game is about. But it's also Wait, a roguelike. It's Cool Runnings? Kind of, yeah, basically. So what happens is you start the game, uh, you are a person in a van, and you're going up to like Alaska, and you've got like I don't know, problems in your life or whatever. And you got to go do this thing in Alaska to kind of clear your head and get out there and get a fresh start. So it's weird because it's, it's, it's first person. So the view you have is like your hands on the handle, not really a steering wheel, but like the handle of the sled. And you look, you know, you can see up every dog's butt that's in front of you, which is kind of funny, but you know, that's what it would look like if you were driving sled dogs. Right. So you start the game, um, and before you go out on your sled, you got to pick dogs, and it gives you like lots of choices. It's like, oh, here's uh, Badger, and he's real aggressive, but he's got um, good stamina. Do you want to take Badger with you? And then you like choose one, and then it'll be like, here's 
here's um sadie and she eats a lot of food but she's also never gets lost in the woods would you like to choose sadie and like you know there's all these dogs with like different qualities right and so you got to pick your team of i think it's six dogs and you get i think 14 choices overall and i think it changes every time i don't know how many dogs total there are but you pick the team that you want to have you get into your sled and you see this little map of like alaska and you start on the left side you want to get to the right side because there's a friend and a cabin or something and you got to get there i mean i was like on board so hard with the idea of this game because it's so different so interesting um i mean i like roguelikes but to take it in this direction where you're like mushing across you know the arctic like wasteland and there's trees and there's snow and you got to manage your dogs and stuff so how it breaks down is actually pretty interesting once you get on the the path you just go and i i gotta say i was i was very confused at the beginning because I thought I would be steering. There is no steering involved. The dogs do all of the oh. driving. So you kind of just sit there. And I was like, I was pushing on the D-pad. And I, I wasn't sure if I was even doing anything. Because, like, the dogs are kind of naturally, like, weaving back and forth a little bit. Uh, I guess that's just what it's like when you're on a dog sled, I suppose. And I'm like, am I am I controlling? Am I? I'm, I'm pushing <laughs> left. It looks like I'm going left a little bit. Am I not pushing left enough? How does this work? But no, you don't. I eventually figured it out. You don't. The dogs, the dogs are like, it's cute. He thinks he's driving. Yeah, he, he look. He's got that <laughs> fake steering wheel. He thinks he's moving us. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, yeah. Um, what you you so what happens is the dogs run for a while. You're just out in the wilderness. Trees are going by. It's snowy. And then at some point you will have a a choice. Be like, oh, do you want the dogs to go left or right? And that's that's basically the direction that you go. You just say left or right, whatever. You go. Dogs run for a little while longer, and then these random events happen. So, like say, for example, you pack a certain amount of food. You've got a certain amount of bullets. You've got a certain amount of supplies, and then it dwindles, right? So, like you'll get a, a day into the journey, and like your food will be down. Your dogs will be hungry. It'll be like, how much do you want to feed the dogs? Like a lot, a little bit, not very much. Let them go hungry tonight. Like you've got all these choices, and then for yourself, you can have the same choices. And, you know, you pack it up the next day. How much you feed them relates to how much energy they have and what their mood is like. So you've got to kind of manage that. And along the way, like other things happen, like you'll be in the woods and you'll see like an elk cross your path. And it's like, oh, do you want to stop and hunt the elk or do you want to keep going? And since food is really important, you probably want to stop and hunt the elk. Right. So you can do that. Um, Other times, like a pack of wolves will show up and it's like, oh, do you keep going? Do you try to scare them off? Do you fight them? Ignore them? Like, what do you do? So these little choices pop up that are all kind of part and parcel of like what it might be like to be out in the Alaskan uh, wilderness. It's very interesting. It's very different. Um, And I was really just down for it. Uh, I have to say, though, I stopped playing it because I think it might be buggy, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, Mm -hmm. The problem I ran into was I would get out on these trips. I would run out of food like really quick because you've got six dogs plus you and you can only pack so much food. So like within like a day, my food is getting low already. And I mean, in real life, I'd be like, dude, just bring some more food. Like, what are you doing? Like, why would you bring barely any? But every time I would go to hunt something, there's a little mini game where you, there's a circle, a big circle and a little circle that move around the screen. And you're supposed to push the button when the little circle is within the big circle. It seems very simple. Seems very straightforward. I have never ever managed to shoot an animal ever oh no not even once and so i starve every single time and i even emailed the developer right i'm like hey um i think your game is really cool i like it but i can't hit any animals and i've played lots of games like i'm not new to games am i doing this right and is there a problem is it glitchy and they're like that's weird you should be able to shoot some animals and i'm like 
okay, yeah. but I can't, and I'm starving every single run that I go on, so something's going on here. It reminds um, me of Eichenfell. Was it Eichenfell? Arkenfell? Eichenfell, yeah. Yeah, when I was trying to do that, like, uh, hit the button at the right time yes. with, like, the, the hits and stuff, I felt like I was hitting it, but I wasn't doing it. Maybe it feels like that, but... Uh, yeah, kind of the same thing. This sounds like Oregon Trail, by the way. <laughs> It's like a little bit Oregon Trail if it was first person kind of sort of a thing. I mean, it's got a cool vibe to it. It's a really cool idea, really cool design. Um, but, you know, we had somebody review it for Game Critics, one of our newer guys, I believe. And he said the exact same thing. He said he couldn't hit the animals for shit. Mm. And he kept um, he kept dying of starvation. But he said he let his girlfriend try it uh, when she was bored. And she ended up beating the game on her very first try. So Whoa. I don't know what the difference is. Maybe she had beginner's luck or maybe maybe her game wasn't bugged and his was. But, I mean, it's a problem, right? Like, if part of the game is getting food on the way and you can't hit food and you run out of food every single time, that's a problem. So yeah, yeah. I don't know what the deal is. I'm going to maybe come back to it if it gets, gets patched or something. We'll see. But I love the idea. I just I, I feel like something's going wrong in that game right now. It's an interesting idea. I like it a lot. I'm going to call it the uh, dog butt, though. From here on out, <laughs> it's got to be called dog butt. It's got to be I, called dog butt. Yeah, yeah. And just FYI, you can pet every single dog in the game, and oh. and you can pet them all as much as you want. And there's a setting to where sometimes things will happen, and your dogs will die. But if you don't want the dogs to die, you can have this little saying that says "dogs never die." So you can uh, immortal dog butt, immortal dog, <laughs> or you can have the oh my god, I lost three dogs, and now I've only got half a dog sled team. That can happen as well. You can customize that to your preference, which I think is cool. So, could, I mean, it seems very cool. I like the idea of this game. I want to play it. I just, I don't know what's going on with the hunting. So, yeah. All right. That is Red Lantern. I played it on Switch. I believe it's on everything right now. Carlos, let's turn it back over to you. What's next on your plate? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, this is a pretty epic game. I can tell you my first impressions of Watch Dogs Legion. Watch Dogs Legion. That just came out uh, a day or two ago, right? Uh, I mean, re- like recently, regardless. Recently, right? very like, yeah, recently. I, I remember because it was next. It was last Thursday, or no, it was out a day early because it was supposed to be last Thursday. Uh, the release date was last Thursday, um, which again is about like what one, two, three, four days ago. But it came out on that Wednesday night, and I was like really excited. Oh, so okay. All right, yeah, so, so especially with Cyberpunk being delayed again, yes, 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 we didn't talk about, and that's fine because everybody calm the fuck down. Let them make a great game. We're going to be playing that game for a bazillion hours. So make sure they get it right, whatever. Uh, But because that's not going to be here, I want to lose myself in a game, especially with Democracy Ending, potentially. And (laughs) so what game can I do? The way you work that in there, I'm like, oh, is that a new game? Democracy Ending? Is that a new? Oh, no, no. He's talking about real life. Real life. Uh, It might not. So we find out. We've already found out, by the way, because we're in the future. So. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. That's right. By the time people listen to this, we will. Oh, Jesus. That's depressing. Well, well maybe is it depressing? I know. I don't know. Maybe. You... Wait. Let's... Hold, on, hold on. Let's do a reaction to both. Oh, my okay? God. Let's do Where a reaction to both. Of... Okay. Ready? So uh, this I is if, if he. Uh, everybody knows our stance, obviously. If uh, that orange person wins, here's our here's our um, here's our reaction. Fuck. We're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I'm joining the rebellion. <laughs> yeah, I'm joining whatever revolution is happening. Yes, the we're, West Coast we're, Alliance. We're, yep. we're taking we're taking it out back for ourselves now. Brad and I are, are doing it. <laughs> okay, now now the other way, the other way. Uh, wow, whew, that was a close one. You know, 
Oh my god, I can't believe you pulled that out. I didn't think that was going to happen. But I now we've got so. a lot of work ahead of us. We have a lot of work ahead of us, but man, a little bit, uh, you know, a lot of it is uh, lifted off my shoulders and, and all of our shoulders. So. Oh, this is so fucking weird, dude. We're recording the show, and by the time this is out, all that stuff is going to be behind us because right now, as we're recording, none of that stuff has happened. We're still like two days away from the quote-unquote election, which is kind of a horseshit loaded term anyway. Oh, this is so strange. Oh. We're in the time oh, by warp. Way, now we're on a weird tangent, but... Um, well, not weird. It's a very important tangent. Two things. One, I just watched the new SNL uh, when it came out a couple of days ago. And uh, The Strokes was on, which I love The Strokes. And I think, in general, SNL took a nice stance. And they were like, fuck that dude. Like, yeah. they literally were like, okay, we can't, like, pussyfoot around this anymore. The only I, correct stance. Fuck that dude. Yeah. And they said it a couple times in the show, which is nice. And then The Strokes, uh, Julian, the lead singer, uh, changed a bunch of the lyrics of, of one of the songs because I, I know those songs very well. And it was all about um, uh, taking power, you know, with money and stuff like that, like buying power. Right. And he just he just changed the end of the lyrics about Trump. And it was really, really powerful. So, um, yeah, it was really cool to, to, to experience that. Second thing I'm going to say is uh, at the time of this recording, we have two days before that happens, uh, whatever that is. And again, it won't really be decided, but things will start being going in motion. Um, yeah, something's going to happen regardless. Something fucking's going to happen. Today or tomorrow, um, I'm going to go to the store, and I don't normally do this, but I am going to definitely stock up on some stuff. Just uh, to fuck like, yeah, dude. Are you just kidding Just to like me? not go back outside if I don't want to, if it gets weird or something, you know? Oh, dude. No, I 100% agree. Like, I, we haven't really discussed this, but like, I bought – I mean – I have some stuff put away, like in terms of food and supplies and water and stuff. Like if we don't need to go out for a couple weeks because of reasons, like we're going to be okay. I definitely was thinking it's not going to be business as usual once this goes down. I hope it's going to be fine. I'm praying it's going to be fine. But yeah. there's a lot saying that it might not be fine. So it's good to hedge your bets. It's good to play it safe. Um, it's too late to say it now because it'll be over by the time people hear this. But yeah, I hope people listening have have taken care of themselves. I know money's really tight, but maybe buying a couple extra boxes of pasta, maybe, you know, a couple things to tide you over in case you can't get out to the store. might be a pretty good idea. Yeah. Or you just don't want to go out because it's kind of yeah. weird. But yeah. I will say this, we are in Washington and I feel like, um, yeah, it's, I'm not like afraid or whatever, but I can see there's pockets of this country that have like, you know, issues where people might want to do something. So whatever, let's put a positive spin and say, it's going to be fine. Hoping, and, hoping it's fi- hoping we can look back and say, yes, it's fine. Yes. And, but this brings me to watchdogs Legion because in that game, there is a company, uh, essentially a government takeover coup type thing. It's kind of similar. Ugh. Uh, it's this company called Albion and they kind of are a government organization, but also a company and you don't know what's going on with it, but essentially, it frames the revolutionary group that was trying to, you know, do good and similar to things like in this real world setting, it says, oh, these people are the terrorists and they're actually the, the good guys in quotes. And so because they're framed, they have to go underground. And now this huge Uber corporation government kind of rules over uh, London and England and they have drones in the sky and it's kind of in this far future um, but it feels like today as well. It just feels like a really kind of police state type setting. Boy, no connection to today's reality at all there. Not at all. But Not that's even exactly why I'm playing it. Because, you know, I get to be potentially what I might be in the real future. Um, you know, working towards uh, justice and, and fighting against um, tyranny. So that's a fun time. 
And that's what I do when I want to go to my couch and relax. Um, but it is actually relaxing. And it is, um, to talk video gaminess about it, it's Watch Dogs 2 again. Like, don't be fooled. It's definitely like a leap in some regard with like graphics and some of the kind of playability stuff. But it feels like more of the same. So if you liked Watch Dogs 2, then you're going to like this game. That's the short like view, review, right? I mean, do you uh, feel like I mean, I, a quick question on this. I mean, I, I a lot of people like Watch Dogs too. I know it's a big favorite of folks, uh, but the big hook. I mean, tell us about the hook where instead of having one main character, it's like the, the it's the hook of the game is you can play anybody that you want, right? Or like there's random citizens or something like that. Yeah, so that's the big hook I was going to talk about. Um, but to kind of finish that point with Watch Dogs too, and, and the things that are the same, the one of the huge things was the hacking mechanic. And the thing they didn't get right in Watch Dogs 1, but they got right in Watch Dogs 2, which is a lot of puzzles, right? So you find a area that you have to infiltrate. And instead of just going in and shooting up the place like other video games, you can use a lot of your brain and actually just hack through um, different traps. You can open different doors. You can, you know, take over cameras, take over drones, take over the spider bot, which is a little kind of spider robot. And that's like beefed up right so if you remember that from Watch Dogs 2 it's like on steroids it's like you can do a lot more of that right which is fun so then the second mechanic that they really added besides the beefed up one of that um, is this you have a team of people so it creates a random person for you in the beginning so this isn't a game where you like make your perfect character Um, but weirdly enough of the people I could pick that were kind of randomized I really liked the one that I got which was someone with a mohawk which is so Ooh, funny. that was ironic. I know. And I was just like, this guy's perfect. So I, I was really happy with him. But then you quickly, your missions are about, you can't get to a construction zone because you need a construction worker. So you, they kind of show you how to recruit people. And how you recruit people in the game is you essentially just do a mission for them. So I met a, a guy at a construction site who I needed. And he said, hey, help me out with this one thing. I got a problem. If you help me with that, then I'll join your team. And so you do a quick mission for him, and now he's on your team. And the rest of the game, you can switch between all the characters at any time. Now, what's interesting is, like you said, you can recruit anybody that you see in the city. And what Watch Dogs 2 did, and they do in, in this one as well, but, but it's not like, it's not rocket science. They randomize every single character you meet, right? So it's each one has like a different thing that they like. You know, they're into mystery novels. Um, you know, they go to the gym a lot, whatever. They're a detective. Um, it's just a text, right? And then the other thing is their skills, which is important. So like, you know, construction worker has different skills. Uh, a bare neck, a bare knuckle boxer is like really good at fighting. Um, I met a girl who's like a scientist, but her main weapon was like a huge hammer. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> because it's fucking random. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, does it seem goofy or does it mostly hold together? No, it's both. It's, it's sometimes it's really, really goofy. And that's why, because it's like so, you know, weird ass random. But there's like, again, main story beats where the, those characters are going to be a little more fleshed out. Right. And you know that, oh, this person fits in with the story. It makes sense that he has all these skills. So they give you uh, a couple people early and then you find a couple people. And then again, at any time you can find someone to go bring in. And for me, it was kind of almost like romancing someone. You know, because I was like, well, I want a girl on the team, like a badass, like a nerdy girl, but she also can handle herself with like a gun or melee or something. And I just was like walking the city, 
creepily. <laughs> That's creepy. Like, just, like, you know, scanning everybody. Here's Carlos it's, walking the streets of London. I need a girl. I need her. She needs to be good at fighting, but also <laughs> nerdy. Yeah. That's but weird. That's it's, uncomfortable. It's, it's weird and a little uncomfortable, but, you know, I'm not really romancing her, but you... Right, right. What's interesting, though, is when you become the character after you've recruited them, you can, like, go shopping for clothes. So you can kind of make them how you want them to look. So I guess that's kind of almost like an RPG team where you're, like, putting different, you know, outfits or armor or something on somebody. Hmm. Anywho, I, I think the mechanic is okay, but it's not... I don't think it's anything to hold the whole game on. I really don't. Really? Because like, they really played it up a lot, like, prior to release. Yeah. I mean, that seemed like the big thing. It seems is, like maybe not so much, huh? Well, yeah, because, well, one, I we, if, if you played Watch Dogs 2, if everybody played it, you've already seen this mechanic. They did that in Watch Dogs 2 where they randomize someone's story. And almost like the text adventure earlier, you've got to fill in the gaps. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like your own brain has to be like, well, this person's like a mystery novelist. So that means maybe they don't want to go on this one mission with me. But that's just me saying that shit. You know, there's nothing in the game that really delineates that. No, no. Besides the skills. So there's some skills that they're good at. And then let that makes sense. Right. So but I'm going to say this in general. I just go back to the main guy. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't he, if, if he dies, is he gone for good? Good. I'm. Th- it's like you're doing my segues for me. Uh, because you do want to get different types of people on your team because of what you just said, different skills they bring. And one of them is when you die, it takes a while to come back from the hospital. And so you essentially are off the team. You can't use that person for a while, but they don't, it's not permadeath though, not permadeath, but you can turn that on by the way. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. You can turn that on. So you could be like, no, uh, Renee, the grand chess grandmaster, uh, died. You know, and you could be like, well, fuck, and role play that. Okay, but I, I, I turn that off. Um, but to that point, they said, like, hey, if, if someone's going to be in the hospital for a while, you could just buy someone who's like, not buy someone. <laughs> you <could> go, you <laughs> this is just the like, most awkward segment ever. This is very, very problematic. This does seem weird, yeah. Yes. Uh, we'll cut, cut this whole thing. But you can find a medic, and then the medic uh, reduces the time that your characters are in the hospital. Gotcha, gotcha. Right? So there's that kind of stuff. But in general, long story short, I don't think a mechanic is anything to write home about. I like it because it's more watchdogs, and that's why I'll keep playing it. Also, it's like fighting, you know, this overarching, like, fascist bullshit. Right. And I'm, like, excited to fight against that. But I really always go back to my main character for the most part. And unless I have to do, like, a secret mission that, you know, one person can has a certain skills to do it only, then I'll do that, I guess. But yeah. Are you like leveling up dudes or when you get them, are they just, that's how they are. Right. There's more, there's more skills as well than in watchdogs. I believe. Well, so you, you can level up your weapons as normal. You can level up your, your hacking ability or spider bot ability. So yeah, there's different things you can level up. Okay. Uh, But by the way, I think most of this does a really good job of making shooting almost the last resort. A lot of the guns, if not all of them, are non-lethal, I believe. Oh, really? Okay, interesting. Yeah. They're like electricity ones, because whenever I would shoot people with them, they would just be like... So even though there's a shotgun, it's like an electric shotgun. Extra electricity in those shells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they do um, a lot of really good melee, which I actually enjoy the melee. So you could essentially do a pacifist run, I think, in this game. Interesting. Okay, cool. I know that's a, a big goal for a lot of folks, so it's nice that they give you the option there. Yeah. So awkward review over, uh, or awkward preview over. 
I really enjoy it. I'm going to play it until Valhalla comes out, until Cyberpunk comes out. Uh, it's a great world. The graphics are awesome. Um, I, it's a recommend for me. I just um, I don't think it's that much different. Interesting, interesting. It's interesting also you said that um, the impetus for you playing this was that Cyberpunk got delayed. I know that I'm very much looking forward to it. I know there's like a lot of hubbub about Cyberpunk right now with how they're handling development and crunch and the politics of that. I mean, I haven't gotten too into that, but uh, I am very much looking forward to that. I'm a big fan of The Witcher, as everybody knows, one of my favorite games of all time. So I'm definitely curious to see what they're going to turn out. But they did delay it for whatever reason, uh, which kind of altered what I was going to play. I was going to play just small things, knowing that, uh, well, thinking that Cyberpunk was going to come out. Now that it got pushed back, I'm like, oh, well, in that case, I've got room to play something big. Um, so I started uh, Wasteland 3, which I've been talking about right. on Twitter. I'm not going to talk about it tonight because it's too much to talk about. But that was I was planning to hold off on that till next year. But now that this month has opened up, I figured that's a pretty reasonable amount of time for me to go through uh, Wasteland 3. You played that, and we talked about it recently, right? Yeah, and I almost got to the end. I got pretty far. I really, really liked that game. Do you know how much time you sunk into it? Oof. I mean, it seems pretty big from what I've seen so I far. I feel like it's a 60 or 70 hour game or maybe longer. Yeah, um, like I was thinking I probably, 100 hours maybe. Yeah, I probably spent like 30, I want to say. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's like a healthy number and I really had a good time with it. By the way, I, I will tell you, miniature spoiler, and it's without saying any of the characters' yeah, yeah, names. Yeah, yeah, But I got to a part that's near the, um, there's like a, like a fake Ronald Reagan in this game. I haven't done that part. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't done it yet. Yeah. And you, I don't need to talk about it, but there's like a faction. You meet a lot of factions and there's a faction with like this Ronald Reagan statue and stuff. Um, in that quest, there's a thing where I want to do, like, I want to make a choice cause the game is very good about making different choices and having the game, uh, respond to how you want to play it. Right. But I want to make a choice that's pretty drastic and I can't cause I'm under leveled. Uh, and that yeah. really frustrated me, and that's why I stopped actually uh, temporarily, probably because I want to go back. But I didn't want to do the thing they were going to make me do. Right, because you didn't have the the skill to do the thing that you wanted to do. Yeah, and I kept doing it anyhow, and being like, I can get by, right? I can like video game it, you know. And no, I just kept losing, and I'm like, oh, so I have to yeah. do this thing, and that that game's all about like how you are making decisions. So yeah, well, you know, not to get into it now. I, I mean, I'll talk about it probably in the next episode, but I will say that the way they handle the skills and your team is interesting because they give you like six people that can be on your team, and you can have a couple extra helpers as well. But let's uh, like I didn't. There's no respec, which is weird because most RPGs these days. You know, when you start a game, you don't know what's going to be valuable. You don't know what you're going to like. You're not even sure how it's even really going to play out. And they make you make these choices. And I put in a while before I finally clicked and was like, oh, shit, I want to do X, Y, Z. And I've actually done ABC and maybe I can right. make it work. And I don't want to go back. And you can roll a new character if you want and keep going with the campaign that you have. But it's like I've already kind of got attached to the people that I have and I think I can make it work, but I will give, I will give a really quick piece of advice to people who are thinking about playing wasteland three, like make sure that ultimately you you want every single skill that's available. So like don't have your characters all have the same fucking skills, like have one person do nerd science and one person's a mechanic and one person's a first aid. Like don't, don't clump them up and don't double up because if you have each character having at least one of the skills, you're guaranteed to like be able to pass the checks um, that you want to do. Like you just described Carlos, like, you know, one person's, I put all their points into lock picking so I can do the lock picking. Uh, but then I've got a first aid person who's doing all the first aid. And it's like, it's really important to like 
like diversify those skills, folks. Do not sink all your points in the same skills because you will hit a bunch of roadblocks and you're going to be frustrated because you can't pass them because you don't have enough skills. So like word of yeah. advice, every character have a couple different skills and don't double up. And, and to that point, like, so lockpicking is like, say you have a great lockpicking skill, you might be able to do a different story option because of that. Exactly, right? exactly. Or do a different way. Yeah, yeah, totally. And also have a sniper. Motherfucking have a sniper. Have two snipers, yeah. At yeah, I've, yeah, I've hit like one or two things that I couldn't do. And thankfully, they were pretty early on. So I was like, oh, this is how it's going to be. Okay, I get it now. And so I went back and tweaked a few things. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think I'm okay to progress. I haven't gotten too frustrated. But yeah, that's... Ah oh, man, I wish there was a respec. I would really want a respec right now because I would totally redo like all my characters if I could. You know but... what? Now that you're saying it, oh my goodness! And then we we talked about it way too long already. But we did. Um, I almost want to restart it because I know, like you said, knowing what I know now, like I'm the same way. I'm in this like position where I'm kind of stuck, right? Yeah. And I've already leveled all the characters. I don't want to add a new person because I'm in this like everybody's at the same level. Right. But if I restarted and did go back for another 20, 30 hours, I would be, have like the best team. And no, you know, honestly, dude, if you respect knowing what you know now, you would fly through that stuff. Like no That's problem. Like too. you wouldn't get stuck. You would, I bet you would like spend half the time, if not less going through that, uh, because you would have the right choices and you would know like how, how the game works. Like it's, it's always been the weirdest thing to me that people have you like pick and spec your characters before you've even played the game. Like, like, let me play for like two hours and then once I get to that TR mark, then let me lock it in. I think Fallout's done that a couple times. I think a couple a couple RPGs have done that. But like, don't make me make permanent choices before I even know what your game is about. Like, let me I get know. in and just check it out. Like, I yeah. don't want to have to throw that two hours away. You know. The beginning, I was like, you know, me and Melee. I was like, all right, let's do it, Melee only. And I'm like, oh no, oh yeah. no. Well, I mean, and Melee's awesome, right? But you can't have a team of just Melee because that's yeah, broken, yeah, dude. That's You're never gonna win with that. But like one Melee person amazing two melee people your team is too weak so it's like yeah you got to balance but anyway we i'm not i'm actually not talking about wasteland right now uh let me get to the games that i am talking about a couple of quickies here first one is disc room this came out i'm playing it on switch it also came out i think on everything it is a small tiny little indie game um i you know i don't even know if it's a roguelike it may be a roguelike or it may not be i am not clear on that uh, basically, this is a small indie where you take a little scientist guy, go into these single screen rooms that are fucking full of spinning saw blades. Like, you cannot fit any more goddamn saw blades in each one of these rooms. They are just like whirring saw blades all over the place. And your dude is teeny tiny. He is going to get chopped up so fucking many times it's going to be a bloodbath. But that's the point of the game, right? It's a, a game where... You go to these rooms, you see the saw blades, and each room has a different goal. Like the first room will be like survive for 10 seconds. 10 seconds is like the benchmark for most of these rooms. If you can dodge those blades for 10 seconds, you're good. Or it'll be like uh, get killed by four different kinds of saw blades. Or it'll be like, you know, like like those kind of goals in each room. And each one is different. Or, you know, mm. collect four different power-ups without getting killed. or you know, something like that. Little mini challenges in each room. And depending on if you can finish those challenges or not, it opens up more rooms. You get further in. Uh, you have different challenges. Like the boss rooms are interesting too because it's usually a giant saw blade with other little saw blades. And the boss fight, because how do you fight a spinning saw blade? You just have to stay alive longer. So like the, I think the first boss room is like survive 20 seconds. Uh, without dying and that's like you quote unquote beating the boss or whatever so it's interesting 
because you're just dodging a lot. So it takes a lot of reflexes, takes a lot of like focus and attention, super high energy, high action game. And to survive 10 seconds doesn't seem like a big deal, but oh my God, in some of those rooms, you're like, oh, it just seems like so impossible. Um, as you play the game, you unlock little skills. It'll be like one skill lets you dash through saw blades, which is like pretty game changing. Uh, one lets you make clones of yourself. Uh, so if one person gets killed in a room, you still got a backup. There's one that lets you absorb a saw blade if one's coming at you, which is also pretty helpful. So you get like these little powers that kind of help you progress. I think overall it's pretty cool. Kind of irritating because you die a lot and sometimes it just gets really frustrating because, you know, you're just getting cut up over and over and over and over. But the thing that really made me stop playing this game is that I got to a section of rooms that were black, that were dark. There was no light. And it's like you're in a room with like 18 spinning saw blades bouncing around the walls and you cannot see. And I'm like, okay, darkness in games, number one, I just don't like in general because video fucking games, video is an important part. I got to <laughs> see what I'm doing. Yeah. And this game is, I mean, I, I, I mean, I tried doing the dark room like 20 times, right? Couldn't make it. I had to make it 10 seconds. I kept dying five seconds, six seconds. I think my best run was like 8.1 seconds and I just kept dying. And I'm like, fuck this. I can't see what I'm doing there's no skill involved in this. It's just like luck if I get hit with a, a saw blade or not. And I just, I, it's really, it made me really fucking irritated, like like unreasonably irritated. And the good time that I had with the rest of the game kind of got corrupted by the, the dark rooms because I feel like taking away a player's vision in a video game, and I know mm. that there are blind players out there, not, not talking about anything like that. I'm just saying in a game where you're relying heavily on visual input to take away that visual input as a quote-unquote challenge, always pisses me off i never like it and it was just it was really extreme in this game so i i was in it and i was feeling like i was going to finish it and then i hit the dark rooms and i'm like i'm out i'm done so i didn't want to do that anymore it could have used a flashlight skill maybe there is a flashlight skill maybe i didn't unlock it but i didn't see that and there's this other dark room where it flashes it's dark totally black it gives you one second of like light and then it goes dark again and so you're kind of hoping you know, based on that one second that you'll know which way the saws are going again, fuck that room, fuck the darkness, fuck not seeing it. Just, yeah, yeah. it it sucks because, and I'm sure that there's somebody out there going, Oh, whatever, just get good. You'd be like, whatever, like, like fuck off. Like it's just, it ruined what was otherwise a good time, but I think it's a good game in general. I think the art is really cute. I think it's a cool idea. It's good for really short pickup and play sessions. I mean, I was kind of grooving on it, but that dark part just the dark ruined rooms. it. Just ruined yeah. it. I like the art too. I'm looking at a little kind of cutscenes. Like that that little character is really cool looking. Um, it's cute. Yeah, it's very cute. The, he I, looks I great. Feel, I feel like I would do the exact same thing as you did, and I, I would play it and get to a dark room and be like, "Fuck this game," because that is then you can't you can't even get good. You know, like it's kind of just yeah. bullshit at that point. So that's frustrating because yeah, a lot just, of it looks really cool. And, and it is. I mean, I recommend it if you if anything I've said sounds cool. I mean, check it out. It's a small game. It's probably not too expensive. Uh, but this, I, the the energy that I had for trying some of these rooms. I did some of these rooms 20, 30, 40 times. Right. Like I was like, you know, but I was in it. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm this is tough, but I know what I'm doing. I can see what's going on. I got the skills. I can change my abilities. You know, like I was I was agreeable to the challenge but then it got to the dark room and i'm like this does not feel fun or fair or entertaining and it really did turn that quickly like it was going from yeah this is really hard but i think i'm gonna stick it out to i'm fucking done with this nonsense and i really turned on a dime there so that was disc room played it on switch but i think it's out for everything right now um and the final game i'm going to talk about and the final game of the show really 
unusual out of nowhere i had never heard of this game until a pr emailed me about it and asked if i wanted to play it and i said of course sure it's called filament have you heard of it i haven't i'm gonna type it into my google filament is a very very unusual very cool um, puzzle game i'm playing it on switch but i think it's out for pc i don't know about the other platforms you play a a person in space who docks with a space station you get to the space station and something has happened in the space station. You don't exactly know what happened. There's only one survivor and she's locked herself in this room on the other end of the space station. You're trying to get to her, but there's all these like defenses and weird things that have been going on in the space station. And the way that you get to her is there are these little machines that have been set up all through the space station. You don't know what they're for. There's a story behind it. And she kind of hints at it a little bit, but there's all these weird machines set up. So you go to these machines, and when you touch the machine, it becomes a puzzle game. So at first, you're walking around a space station, just like, you know, a third person, top-down, exploring the space station. And then you touch a machine, and it becomes a puzzle interface where you control a teeny, teeny, tiny little robot inside the machine, and he has a little rope attached to his booty. And what happens is you walk into these single-screen rooms where there are lots of little pylons set up in the room. And what you have to do is walk your robot around all the pylons so that the rope coming out of your backside touches all the pylons in the room, but you cannot cross the path that you're on and you have to like touch everyone and then make it back to the opening of the room. So I know that sounds really strange and hard to describe, but like imagine you're in this room and there's five pillars, right? And so you have to pull this rope behind you, walk around or between, circle the pillars somehow so that your rope touches every pillar in the room but doesn't cross over itself because you can't double back. You can't cross the rope. And then figure out how the correct path is, wrap the rope around all these pillars, and then get back to the opening of the room, and then the puzzle is solved. Okay, so it's, a, it's a line puzzles. It's kind of like a line puzzle, yeah. It's kind of like a line puzzle, but yeah. you control with the robot. And there are other little circumstances, right? So it starts out very basic. Later on, it's like, oh, you have to touch pillars of the same color. Or later on... Um, you have to touch two pillars that have a switch on them. And then once you touch those, then a third one opens up. Or like there's all these little conditions, right? Like all these different things. But essentially what you're doing is you're figuring out the optimal way to walk the robot through each room to touch the pillars in the correct way and then get back to the opening. Um, and then once you do a set of those puzzles, it goes back like you've you've quote unquote solved that machine. Um, it turns the machine on. And these machines are kind of like inter interconnected throughout the whole space station. Once you get done with that, you can talk to the person who's trapped in the room again. She'll give, she'll give you background about, oh, you know, I, you know, everybody else is not here anymore or they got killed or something. I don't know what happened to them. They don't know. Not, it's not a spoiler. I'm just making this up. Um, but, you know, oh, you know, you got to come get me and I got stuck here and I'm from Earth and this is my name. And they kind of like it kind of goes back and forth. Right. So you do like five little puzzles. And then you go and like you get some story and she's talking about the space station and you're walking, you're exploring the space station. You're finding little artifacts and snapshots and books and you're learning about the history of the space station. There's like a little side story about a pregnant cat that happens and you're kind of just like going back and forth. It's a really strange game because it's really high quality. Like the graphics are really well done. It's really polished um, and it kind of came out of nowhere. Like I didn't hear anybody talking about it. I don't think anybody I've talked to even knows this game exists. But it's really, really good. I think the story is really good. It's really interesting, and I want to find out what happens to it. And I think the gameplay is also really good. It's logical, but it's also challenging. Uh, and you really have to, like, work your brain. Like, there's no tricks to it. It's just usually, you know, just think about this through. Like, what is what are the steps you have to accomplish? What do you have to do to get there? And just think about it. Um, I play it at nighttime while I'm in bed, which is maybe not the best time to play it because I'm kind of, like, starting to get sleepy, and so my puzzle brain is maybe not as sharp as it should be. Uh, but I enjoy the puzzles a lot. 
And I think that the walking around space station part is really cool. And I like the story. And I think this is a really well done game overall. I'm still in the middle of it right now. And I'm just kind of working my through my way through. And I, I think it's great. I just really like it a lot. The graphics look really cool. I was seeing some screenshots. Um, I do like the graphics and the way it looks. Um, this is a hard pass for me because um, those line puzzles make me feel like I want to jump out of a window um, from a huge building so that I fall <laughs> and hurt myself. I despise those puzzles. Maybe I'm just like terrible at them and my brain doesn't get it. Um, so, yeah, it's a hard pass for me. I like the look of it. And I like that they give you a little story bit in between puzzles. I always like those types of games. Yeah. But I, yeah. I feel like I would like get so frustrated at pulling this little cord around. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's easier than I'm, I'm thinking about. But those line puzzles are in games. And I'm always like, well, I'm not doing that puzzle. <laughs> it does, it does get challenging. It does get challenging. I have had to look up a couple, um, you know, solutions a couple times because I don't want to get stuck on one puzzle for too long because I really want to get back to the story. And I really like the balance of it. It's a good... It's a good mix. It's presented really well. I feel like it's really polished. I mean, you have to be good at these puzzles, and I'm okay at them. I'm not great. So maybe people who are puzzle geniuses will kind of blow through it a lot quicker than I am. Yeah. But I think it's really well done. It's a good It's a good balance. Like, the story keeps you going. And then right when you're kind of getting tired of the story, you got to do some puzzles. And then right as you're getting tired of the puzzles, you go back to the story. So the pacing is pretty good. And I think it's just really, really well put together overall. And I, I don't think anybody in the world knows that this game exists. So this is called Filament. Playing it on the Switch, it runs perfectly on the Switch. I'm sure it's on PC. I don't know anywhere else that it is, but uh, check it out if you want an, an unconventional sci-fi-themed puzzle game with a good bit of story into it. You've you've had three unconventional games, really. Like, yeah, Dog Butt, Immortal Dog Butt. The Immortal Dog Butt. You had the Saw, Runaway from Saw game, but yep. sometimes it's in the dark. That's weird as fuck. And then you have this robot who's got to fucking put ropes everywhere, and it's also a line puzzle game. Uh, and there's a pregnant cat. I mean, you played some weird games. That's what I do. I enjoy the weird games. I enjoy the different games. I enjoy unique games. And so I always will check out stuff like this and bring it to you, Carlos, yeah. and our data listeners. So Before before we go, before we go, uh, one more thing. One, yeah. I also played a weird game. And to remind everybody, we should do a recap at the end. We used to do that, I think. Um, but AI Dungeon. Watch, go check that game out. It's fucking great. And it's weird as hell. Let's do a recap right now. AI Dungeon. AI Dungeon. Red weird. Lantern. Weird. Watch Dogs Legion. Not weird. And pretty much Watch Dogs 2. <laughs> Disc Room. Weird with a lot of saws and fuck the dark rooms. And Filament. Ropes and, and hard pass for me. Okay. <laughs> no, but we should do that. I like that. At the end of every episode, let's do what we just People did. have asked us to do it, and we just forget because we suck. Okay. Also, one more thing before we go. Uh, I forgot to mention this, but about five minutes into any open world game, I usually cause like massive destruction and Watchdog Legion was no different. It took me three and a half minutes to remember that you can control all the cars in the game with your phone. So I essentially caused a massive traffic jam. Uh, all the cops were like, where is this coming from? What's happening? Someone find this hacker. And there was like buses overturned. I got a biker, like threw him off the bike, put some taxis in there, and then all of them exploded. And I jumped on a drone and flew away. Uh, that took about three minutes. Sounds pretty epic. Is there a video of that anywhere? There's, there's a GIF and I'll share it. Yeah, I'll give it to you. <laughs> of course there's a GIF. <laughs> of course there's a GIF. Excellent. All right. Well, cool. I'm sure we will touch base on Watch Dogs again. That's a pretty big game. Uh, we will 
tune into the further adventures of Carlos and his randomized army. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode, folks. Short one tonight, uh, but please go back to the last episode in case you missed it. Catch our interview with Nathan Fouts from Mommy's Best Games. And next week, I think we will be back to our normal format as long as the country is still here and not on fire. And if we're not thrown in liberal jail, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. Because I have are, no idea. Yeah. We, yeah, we're recording this in the time warp. We, we are... You're hearing this in the future, but we are recording it in the past, and I have no idea what the world is going to look like in a couple days. So I'm kind of excited that we recorded an extra one, just because we don't have to worry about like you know. Yeah. You know, I could text you and be like, "Hey, Brad, I'm just not feeling it right now." We can because... lock down the bunker and not put our heads up for a while and see what happens. So yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, okay. Cool. Uh, let's hope it went. It turned out great. Yay. I, yeah. Yay. Hopefully everything is fine. Hopefully democracy uh, wins. Yay. Whoo. So we'll <laughs> see. So all right. Okay, folks, that is it for the show. Uh, before we go, we want to get your questions, comments. We still want to get to know you as listeners. Um, so send us your information, all the bits we want to hear from you. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter as a show at so video games, but you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where do you want to direct people this week? I almost want to direct them to my new site, but I'm not going to yet because it's not ready. So just youtube.com slash a lot of things. Excellent. And as for me, same as always, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. Catch me on Twitter. Catch me on Instagram. And that is going to do it for episode 204. Thank you again for joining us here. And we will be back before you know it, I hope. Let's see what happens. Uh, In the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And this is hopefully not Bye to Democracy from Carlos. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Sounds so bad when you say it, because it's true. Because it's true.